Welcome to the Wake and Rake podcast. My mind, you just wake up and go rake. High drive, deep left field for Middlebrooks. Back and that is gone. Third home run of the day for Will Middlebrooks. Want a chance to be featured on the show? Follow at Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I'm kind of a big deal. Here's Danny and Will. What up, party people? Episode 60. You know what they're saying in the streets, Brooksy, is that ever since you said you would take Rafi Devers over Aaron Judge for the next five years, I mean, Judge was already, like, going off, hitting taters left and right, but he right. seemed to find a new level Ever since he unfollowed you on Twitter, I know, what, I know. what do you say about that? I don't know. A lot of people, well, there were people saying that that was, I said that preseason. I said that like July 7th, right? It was like mid-season. Um, yeah, it wasn't like I took a shot at, at Judge. I was just, just having my boys back. Just having Rafi Devers back. Whatever. Whatever it is, I'm glad he's doing it. If Let me just tell you, it, it ain't because of me, but it ain't. I wish I could take credit there. For someone that's going to, you know, break the AL home run single season record, but it ain't me. He's just that good. You know what I'm going to say now is, do you want to recircle that question and change your answer? Or are you sticking with Rafi for the next five years? Well, I can't, I can't just change my answer based off the results of this season. Uh-huh. Fair enough. And the, let me just say this way. There was no right and wrong answer there. They're both okay. really good players. I, I think that's the logical answer, but for, for the fun of it, I had to pick one, so I took I took my socks guy. Age is a major factor too. I mean, like that, that, <clears> right, that was, was my main point. Yeah, that exactly. and and then Judge has a history of being hurt. Yeah, which there's no way around that. <laughs> like history is history, right? Like whatever. I'm glad he's doing what he's doing though. I, I hope he wins a triple crown. Honestly, sixty taters right now. He's one away from tying Roger Maris. Pretty ridiculous and kind you of. You can see my TV. You can see my TV right here in reflection of the Yankees jerseys, actually, because I, I have a, I have MLB Network on because they're gonna go to every judge at bat. Because I don't want to miss sixty-one. It seems like Red Sox fans are like already <clears throat> starting the recruiting for Judge, at least on he, the social media he, streets. He ain't coming to Boston. <laughs> he he's not leaving New York. He's not leaving New York. If somebody gives him more money, he might. Nah, he ain't leaving. You're the New York Yankees. You are the New York Yankees. You look under Cashman. Go. It's not Cashman. You gotta look at the the ownership group there. Steinbrenner's. Go look under your your couch cushions at all seventeen of your mansions. Look under the seats of your helicopters and your private jets and whatever coins you can come up with. Just start saving it now because it needs to go in Aaron Judge's pocket. After you give him that blank check and he signs whatever he wants. He's gonna get paid. He's gonna get so. Well, much. they were offering him basically like thirty a year. It's gonna be closer to forty a year now. Be forty a year. I, I think he get six to seven year deal, and it's approaching three hundred million dollars. I say six. Give give him a six year three hundred. Be the first fifty a year player. Here's what's gonna happen: five six years down the road, he's likely. History tells us he's going to decline at some point, and people are gonna look at that contract similar to what we look at Miguel Cabrera's, and we're gonna say. God, what a terrible contract that is. The Yankees are just handcuffed with this judge contract. But what you're doing is you're overpaying for the first two, three, four years 
of when he's 31, 32, 33 years old. And then you're biting the bullet of his back end there. And, right, and that's his, just the reality of what it is. But when he, you are biting the bullet of the back end when he's 35, 36 years old, he's still going to be a damn good DH. Mm-hmm. He's probably not going to – he's not going to have 15 to 20 steals like he's going to have the next few years. No, you don't need that. You need him to hit 30 pumps. That's it. 30 and 90, and you'll be fine. If you think about it, it it depends on how they disperse it. But if you think about it, instead of doing it like per year, like they always do average annual value, instead of thinking of it like that, think of it more like, okay, again, in this hypothetical, if you're getting $300 million, think of it like he's getting $50 million each of the first four years. And in the last four, he's only getting 20. You know what I mean? Like add more to those first four or that first half of the contract. And it allows you to kind of justify the back half. Anyways. We'll talk a lot more about Judge, a lot more about Pujols. Nine days away from October. My wife has all her flannels out. The boots are on. Uh, it's fall, apparently, in her mind. It's fall as of Thursday, September 22nd. So that must mean October baseball is on the horizon. Close. That means it's time to pick our playoff X-Factors. Who, who are, who are going to be the difference makers as uh, the playoffs inch closer? And really, I mean... The playoffs aren't set yet. This year is a bit unique because we have an expanded postseason, and so you're seeing a lot of teams out of it already. And really, other than the National League wild card between Phillies, Padres, um, and Brewers, there's not a whole lot happening, especially with the American League Central seemingly being um, put together at this point after the White Sox lost game one against Cleveland on Tuesday night. That that basically solidified the division because if the White Sox it's like won five games, chance, right? What is it? It's oh, now what? five games. It is five and games. They don't play each other anymore after this three-game set. Now there's two games left. Now you could say if Chicago is able to salvage these next two games, then they would be three games back with, you know, 10, 15 games remaining. They got a shot. But right. it's an uphill climb for sure. Facts. Yeah, no. Cleveland, I told you, Cleveland was my pick to win that. It's the worst division in baseball this year, this year, talent wise. Uh, but it's been, it's the best race. You know, I guess there's that. It's, it's been fun to watch, regardless of their records right now. It's teams fighting for a playoff spot because you're, you're not going to have two teams from that division go. There's no wild card team there. So you got to lay it all on the table right now and just feel the White Sox. This is your World Series right now. Or Cleveland, too. Cleveland, too. Astros are in, Dodgers are in, Mets are in, Braves are in. At this point, when we're recording this podcast on Wednesday evening. Before we get to our playoff X-Factors, I want to talk a little bit more about Aaron Judge. He's one away from Maris. Everybody wants to know, does Shohei Otani have a chance at the American League game? Of course he has a chance. I've been standing on a pedestal saying yes. What say you? Of course he has. Of course he has a chance. But I, if he, if Judge wins a triple crown, I feel like that's kind of like puts him over the top, you know. And in your in your mind, it puts him over the top, or just factually puts him over. The top? Because the reason I ask is I hate when we say he won a triple crown, he gets the MVP. Because triple crown, it's just a title. That's well, all I it know. Is. But this will be the. It, it's more than a title, Danny. It's amazing. It's okay. Amazing time out. No, 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 no. I'm gonna. I gotta back you up on that. I gotta. I gotta rewind there and have you backpedal a little bit because. That's a bullshit statement. Just just a title. You just lead in home runs, RBIs, and average in the fucking major leagues. That ain't just a title, dude. Then why oh, so is a batting title? That's it's not a big deal. 
It's not a big deal. Okay, but he does that and lead in home. Power hitters aren't supposed to hit for average, too. There's a reason only so many guys have done this. This is rare. He'd be the first guy with 60 home runs to ever do it. That's for damn sure. What he's doing right now, and I know Otani and what he's doing, and I, I respect it. I don't want us to become numb to it, which I feel like I am a little bit, just because I just have accepted that's just who he is. He's a special he's, – he's, he's an alien of the game. Um, that doesn't that shouldn't take away from his MVP case because he's having an even better season than he did when you know what I mean. So, um, but what Aaron Judge is doing right now, man, it's just like, how do you not, how do you not give it to him? If this was the first time seeing Shohei Otani, I feel like people would be more likely to give it to Otani over Judge. But like I said, you're desensitized, desensitized to it. Is that a word? Did I say that correctly? Yeah, I knew what you meant. You know what I mean. This you, isn't you, a high educated podcast here. No, I didn't go to college, but I, I read that once. Um, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I can't, I'm still giving it to judge. I'm sorry. And I, and I, I'm giving it to him even if he doesn't win the triple crown. And I know we see that differently. Um, but don't you ever say a triple crown is just a fucking title ever again. I don't want to say, I, and I love you. I love you, but don't say that. I, That's I a big deal. It is a big deal. I don't want to say it's just a title. I'm saying I hate romanticizing titles in general, any title. Because what Shohei is doing has no title. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because we don't have it. It's foreign. It's foreign to this game. Outside of Babe Ruth. He's doing way better than Babe Ruth did it. Exactly. When we show, when we compare players, Aaron Judge, and by the way, I'm not sitting here saying Shohei Otani is the MVP. I've been sitting up here saying in my opinion it's like i can't decide between the two your twitter says differently danny i say co-mvp if you listen to the way that Ray is podcast. the most listen i know no i know soft i know that's almost that's almost worse than saying triple crown is just a title that's fine that's fine Jesus. but what i'm saying is that we can't give it a title because he, what he's doing has never been done before you know what i mean like We've seen people win the triple crown, so now we have a title attached to what Aaron Judge. Did. Have you? You've seen one in your life. Miguel You've seen Cabrera. one in your life. I'm not you saying how many there's no, 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 no. How many years has Major League Baseball been around? Do you know? Just a guess. One fifty. Cool. How many triple crown winners do you think there's been? Three, four. No, four. One hundred fifty years. Fourteen. Huh. But that's still like think about that. Surprised it's that high, to be honest. Oh, you're proving my point. Yeah, I'm not downplaying it. I'm saying let's let's not I'm not downplaying okay. it. It's okay, just wait, wait. title. Let's get back on track. Oh, okay, sorry. You got here's what going. I mean by this. Okay, so when we compare those two players, we have to involve Otani stats. We have to look at pitching stats because of here, so I I kind of went after John Heyman, R- great reporter, one of the best in the business. He's close by us. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod though. Um. He put out a screen grab of judges' rankings, and it was first in everything, and it was all offensive categories. And he said, guaranteed MVP, this is why. And I kind of went at him, and I said, this doesn't tell the whole story. If you think judges is the MVP, that's totally fine. But when we compare these two players, you can't only look at offensive stats. You have to look at pitching, because when you completely leave out pitching stats – uh it, it's it's, it's almost not a, comparable a though right it is but and here's the thing it's like Shohei's broken the system in so many ways that when mlb network puts up a graphic 
they compare their offensive categories side by side. And then down below, it says in like small writing, oh, also he's 11 and yeah, but 8 we with know. a 2-4-3 like year. Right? Yeah, but everyone knows. It's not like they're hiding it. It, it, it just – people use that as fuel to their fire well, when they well, see that. that's the only thing side. you can compare them in. You can't put up judges pitching stats. You so. can't. You can't. I just I just want that part of the conversation because – Oh, I, dude. You know? I, listen, if the, if the MVP goes to Otani, which I just – I don't think it will just because of what's going on and the records that are going to be broken and what he's doing, basically carrying a team for two months that was just drowning, um, a team that is – one of the better teams of baseball it's just even if otani was to win it i would go all right he, he, they're both deserving i will agree with that i, I don't want to co-mvp but they're both deserving well otani has whoever doesn't win the mvp is just like this was the best season that never was like mm-hmm. or the mvp that never was right. there's gonna be a book written about whoever doesn't win it you know it's just that it's good to have this problem because we can have these conversations and we're talking about baseball and there's people talking about this everywhere right now. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm all for that. Yeah. I mean, how often do we see not to call out individual companies, but FS one with, you know, Cowherd and uh, right. ESPN with first take, they're talking about this MVP. They're talking about judge. They normally so. don't talk about baseball unless something no. bad happens. They never, they never. Right. Let's get into some X factors. Can I leave you with one stat and then we can move on? Yes, please. Corbin Burns in 2021 won the Cy Young. You probably saw this, but I, I want our it's I, so it's so good though. Go. I, I want our audience to hear it. So Corbin Burns, he won the Cy Young in 2021. He had a 2.43 ERA and 167 innings pitch, a 5.64. Shohei Otani this season, same exact ERA, 2.43 ERA. He has at this point he has 19 fewer innings pitched that could accumulate. He has a 5.3 war compared to Burns' 5.6. Also, strikeout per nine, Burns was 12.6, Otani 11.9. So, Otani essentially has damn near the same season as Corbin Burns' last year. He won the Cy Young. Continuing on, Bryce Harper last year won the National League MVP with 35 homers, 84 ribbies, 78 extra base hits. Shohei Otani this year has 34 homers, 89 ribbies, 66 extra base hits. So he has, this should be noted too, Harper had a much higher wins above replacement offensively last season. He had a much higher OPS on base percentage. There's a number of different uh, offensive categories. But homers, RBI, extra base hits, those are three pretty important statistics. Otani is damn near even with Harper, and he won the MVP last year. It's incredible. I'm not saying Otani. The difference is, is that last year, there wasn't a guy that hit 60 home runs in the in the same league. Yeah. Which to your point, which is why Judge. Like, I mean, that's what it takes to beat. So Otani. if Otani didn't have the year he had last year, Vladdy was a unanimous MVP. And, that, right? and that's part of the problem like, too. Is like Otani set the bar so high that anything less than last year, anything yeah. less, he hit what forty-five taters last year. Part of the argument too is like maybe change. Maybe maybe it should be not most valuable, but maybe it should just be the best player. Yeah. I've heard right? that because Otani, Otani's the best player. He he does everything. Like he's the best player. He 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 hits 30, 40 homers and he goes out and has a two something ERA. That's the best player in the game. But valuable, like you take Otani away from the Angels, they still suck ass, right? You take Judge away, they're not they're not even sniffing the playoffs. Here's my only issue and with that argument is it shouldn't be what the standings are. It's how many fewer wins does each team have without said player? 
That's all yeah. sh- that should matter because everything oh, I get else. It. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's like saying Mike Trout shouldn't have won any MVPs. Like, right. Yeah. yeah I, I get it. Let's move on. Let's yeah. let's move on. Um, let's get into playoff X factors, which is something. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Goes. You got to add something. I'm going to add something. It, this is quick. This is quick. I just actually kind of thought of it. You know how everyone says, oh, well, Shohei saves you a roster spot. He's two players. Mm-hmm. Cool. Aaron Judge can be that too. 230. <laughs> saw that. 230 home run players, man. That, there you go. Right there. Boom. Yeah. And and what? It's gonna be like seventy RBIs a piece. I, Jim Passan, I think, tweeted yes. out. That, yeah, that, he did. He's a great that? follow, by the way. Oh my god, he's so good. I saw that. I got a good laugh out of that. All right, yeah. let's get. Let's do this. Let's All do right. this. Something that Shohei doesn't have to worry about is playoffs because the Angels already have been eliminated from playoff contention for the eighth straight season. But one team that does have to worry about the playoffs because they're about to clinch a playoff position is the New York Yankees. Who is your playoff? X factor. Ooh, okay. I'm going to go pitching. This could very easily be Harrison Bader, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to go pitching uh, because Frankie Montas went on the IL yesterday uh, with the what shoulder inflammation, got a cortisone shot. He shut down for 10 days, which is probably a good thing because he sucks as a Yankee. He's got like a six, three, five ERA through eight, eight, I think eight starts as a Yankee. Not good. It's probably because he's had this shit going on with his shoulder for a while and has been trying to pitch through it. New team, he's trying to like solidify himself there. Doesn't want to be soft, uh, but he's been getting crushed. Uh, so that being said, Luis Severino, who is who came off the IL tonight, uh, pitching against the Pirates tonight. He's been on since July. He had a latch strain. Luis Severino is going to be their number three starter, and I th- I think in the playoffs, even though they have Jameson Tyone, they have Domingo Herman, who's now starting. Uh, in place of Montas, um, Luis Severino. He missed time, but I feel like he – I like his stuff, right? I like his stuff. We, I just – I don't know how much deeper I can go into this. I, I like his stuff. And I think, uh, he's yeah. a, I think he's a bit – I think he's a bigger – more of a big game pitcher than Jamison Tyone or Domingo Armand, right? They're, they're, their offense is clicking now. So I, I don't feel like they're going to have to go out and be like, we got to have seven shutout innings to win this game. Like, go out and give us six. If you give up two or three, we're probably going to score six. Like, their offense is going again. I feel like the offense in New York is really feeding off the whole judge thing. And and, and they're going. So, they're kind of, they're playing good ball again. I think they're getting Chapman back. I don't know if it's a good thing or not. Um, did they get him back or they're about to get him back? They're getting him back. They're getting him back. Yeah, Severino, who you got for your Yankees X factor? Severino, five innings, one earned, six punchies against the Pittsburgh Pirates in his comeback. I have Giancarlo Stanton, very timely like that. after his walk-off granny. The Bro, Yankees are what, 21. He was like and, eight for 65 coming into that at bat. Like he's been 205 on the season. He's been swinging and missing at pitches by like three feet. And then, boom, he just like runs into a homer and he gets hot again. Good timing. 21 and five, the Yankees are when he hits a home run. That's an 807 win percentage. The Yankees are a 68 and 46 when he does not hit a homer. Still good, a 596 win percentage. But when Giancarlo provides the protection behind Judge, that lineup lengthens. That's a lineup to be feared when Giancarlo is actually hitting the ball. And a lot of the, you know, a lot of people don't remember that 2020 year, Giancarlo mashed in the playoffs. 2021 Dude, he in the crushes postseason. in the playoffs. Giancarlo crushed in the playoffs again. So the two of the, the past two seasons, Giancarlo has been an absolute animal. Yeah, playoffs. and if he is, if he's on, then Judge is all of a sudden getting a lot more to hit. 
facts. I American like League West, ball. Houston Astros. You probably think I'm going to go pitching here, don't you? I went pitching. Yeah, I mean, the Astros can pitch. We know that, right? I'm going to go Jordan. Jordan Alvarez. Can, can, before you – I should have done this. I should I, I should have um, began this segment with more of like a – we should define what is what is what is your X factor? Like, what's your definition of X factor? Um, I mean, it could be a superstar. It could be someone hiding in the weeds in the in the you know in the shadows. Uh, X factor is someone who I think just needs to come up big for the team. Difference makers needs, needs to, like, uh, yeah, because some people look at X factor and they think, oh, it's someone we don't expect, and and they're gonna come out of nowhere and be a David Freese or whatever, you know. But um, not for me. It's just like who I think each team needs to do a certain thing. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll tell you that. Like I, I need Jordan Alvarez to continue to show the world that he's elite because we don't talk about him enough. We don't talk about him. We never talk about this guy, and he's 25 years old. Um, he has a good chance to end the season at like 300 with 40 and 100. Like he has 37, 38 homers right now. The guy rakes. During the postseason last year, he played 16 games, uh, a couple homers. He had 315, a couple big knocks. He just seems like the kind of like a slow heartbeat guy. Like he's never too up, never too down. Just kind of the same dude all the time. Um, the Astros, like I said, you know they're going to pitch. Uh, they don't get on. They, they they don't. They're like batting average wise, they're like middle of the pack, like 14th in baseball. But they get on base and they slug. And kind of like the Yankees, when they hit home runs, they win. All right, Jordan hits third. So Altuve and Pena, who started swinging the bat well lately, they're going to be on base. There's going to be guys on base for Jordan, and he's going to come up in these situations and have to get a big knock. So that's my guy for their lineup. He's he's their power bat. Like I said, when they homered, they went. Went with Lance McCullers coming off of his injury. Like that. The Astros rotation is interesting because when Verlander is involved, I think the rotation is um, to be feared. Like that's a good rotation. When Verlander is when he was out for those couple weeks with that calf strain, I think it was very mediocre, in my opinion. No, I no mean, big. Framber's nasty. Framber's fantastic, but just the fear factor. I don't think there's anyone the name. other than Framber. Other than the name. The name. I'll tell you this: as like a hitter in the big leagues, you come up and you're facing a Max Scherzer, a Verlander, somebody that has been around for a while, and it's a name. You're already like not beat, but like in your head, you're like, this guy's nasty. Like Framber, I'm like, oh, like he might be just as nasty and his numbers might be just as good, but I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. You know what I mean? He's not a household name. Like, I don't know him. Who did you have a little more more confidence, huh? Who did you fear the most when you were playing? I hated facing Scherzer, man. Yeah. I hated it. I mean, most people did. I'm not really on an island by myself with that. I was like three for a 31 off him or something. But yeah, I had a game winning knock in the eighth off him, the bottom of the eighth at Fenway, though. Like mm. two run single or RBI single, something. I don't know. Um, of all the pitchers in the league, Max Scherzer is who you feared the most. Other than, I keep drawing a blank on his name. Philly's right hander with the changeup. Oh, Hellickson. I didn't fear oh. him. It was he, funny. He was just had point. your number. He just had my number. He had yeah the changeup. Like I just couldn't pick it up. I didn't fear it. I more like took it as a challenge. Like I can't. Like I, I can't. I have to get a hit at some point off this guy. Like. When you were going up to face Scherzer, in your head, you're like, holy shit. I honestly, when <laughs> I, I used to tell guys, I felt like when I was facing Scherzer, 
like it was really hard to pick up his slider. So like his fastball would come out and it's just like, I always said, I felt like he had like a remote control in his glove. Right. And he would, he would throw a pitch. This is obviously very impossible, but he would throw a pitch and it's like, if I wasn't going to swing, it just stayed a fastball. And like, if I started to swing, he would hit a button and it would break. Like, it's just like, I, he just, it's like, he can read my mind. Right. It's like it, whatever I saw or expected, it was the opposite every fucking time. And like, I would, I would literally get to the point where I'd be like, all right, dead set. Like this is a slider count. He's throwing me slider. All right. I'm going to sit fastball. Cause it's like, I know it's going to be opposite and boom slider. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Like <laughs> I can't get this guy. Like, and he was, he was, he wasn't, that was back before he was even throwing changeups much. He would throw it every once in a while to a lefty. He didn't throw it to righties because he still had 98, 99, 97 and 99 in, the, in, the, in his pocket. And I just couldn't touch him. I could not touch him. Every once in a while, he'd leave me something over the plate and I would guess right. But 90% of the time, I I could never, and I wasn't a guess hitter. I was not. I was a see the ball. Maybe I should have started guessing. I, I, I'm still can't even talk about it without being just like confused. He's so good. I don't you know, even know if I explained that in like, a way that you can understand how I felt, but you can tell how like bothered I am right now. This is how I felt having to face him. Bothered. Most athletes say they don't fear anyone. When you're going up to the plate to face no, Max, it's not fear. Was, was there a voice in your head? There's probably half of your brain saying, okay, I got this one. But was there another half of your brain saying like, shit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not fear. It's not like you're going up against a fucking great white shark. Like, it's a human being. He has weird eyes, but like, whatever. He's in your head. It, it's not like he's in my head. It was just like, you know how Nats – and like, it might be the sixth inning and he's given up one hit and he has like 10 strikeouts already. And you're like, fuck, he's got his good shit tonight. Like, probably don't have a chance here. <laughs> but but as a professional athlete, as, as a competitor – my mind would still kick past that and be like, fuck that. I'm getting them tonight. Like, I'm getting them. I just never did. <laughs> A couple times. That was it. Back to the Astros. I went with McCullers mainly because I look at Luis Garcia, Christian Javier, and Jose Uchidi. I have a nice stat for you. Those three guys combined is your complimentary starters in Houston. Those three guys have 11 starts of seven or more, excuse me, or more innings pitched. So, 11 starts, seven or more innings. They have a six and five record. The team does in those 11 starts. So you need guys like Framber and Verlander to pitch deep in the ball games. And you need a third starter to be able to eat up some innings in a longer series, not necessarily in a best of five, but if you advance ALCS world series, you need a guy that can go six, seven innings and have a chance to win a game. Lance McCullers, in my opinion, is that third guy for Houston. How about Toronto? Hold on, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about something before we move on from the Astros real quick. I read something. I was this is like going through my head. I read something that like every pitcher that has pitched for the Astros has under ERA except for two guys this year. And it was two guys that had thrown like one through like two innings and one through like six innings. They were like triple A call ups. Every every pitcher had under a four ERA. I'm I believe that too that it was it was Houston. The highest ERA. This is qualified according to baseball reference. The only guy with higher than a four is Jose, or excuse me, there is nobody higher than a four. The highest ERA is Jose Urquidy at a 3.96 ERA. 
So it's every pitcher that has pitched for them this year was below a four. There were there were two except for two, but they were like triple A call ups. Yeah, that's that is uh, correct. Yeah, Ronel Blanco absurd. and Pedro Pedro Baez. Those are the only guys with higher than a four. That's ridiculous. That's 20 different pitchers. That's a good stat. 20 out of 22 pitchers have a four or fewer. That's nuts. Good so, stat. Who do you got for Toronto? I, I didn't have Toronto. or like I have a really good stat for you. Jose Barrios struggled most of this year. However, he has pitched six or more innings 16 times this year. He is 9-0 and as an individual when he pitches six or more innings. He, the team is 15-1 and when he pitches six or more innings. The team is 7-6 and when he does not. So the team is 15-1. and So if he if he's two outs in the sixth inning, and so only if he, only if he comes out for the seventh is what you're saying. Yep. Or if okay, he's done you. after six. Got you. That's crazy. Wow. That 15 and one, they've won 15 out of 16 games. If he pitches six innings, the team wins. I feel like he has a lot of games that he throws three or four innings and gets schlacked, though. Correct. Right. So it's like, it, it's all as like if you catch him on the right, right now. Who's your other X factor? Yeah, I have one for Seattle. Is oh, it rhyme with Bay Eugenio Barres? No, dude. I got to go J Rod. I got to go J-Rod. I have to because, well, first off, he needs to be helped, right? He has his low back stuff going on, which is makes sense. He's 21. He's never played this much baseball in a season in his entire life, right? And he's been carrying them like a Jansport backpack. He has. He's good. I mean, I know they have a good team, but their offense is a liability. They are. They can pitch. I don't want to run into them in the playoffs. Castillo, Ray, Gilbert. Kirby, if they need him. I mean, Marco Gonzalez probably go to the bullpen. Rotation's real. Rotation's, I mean, their bullpen since August 1st has been really good. Yeah. Um, just thinking. Yeah, J Rod's an engine, right? Like, he's their power, their speed, hits for average, uh, plays defense. And they just, man, they have that clutch it factor. Like, they just have it. It's like you saw it against the Braves, that walk off against the Braves last week. Like, they give up five runs. What did five runs in the top of the ninth? Did they go down seven to six, and J-Rod's like smiling, running off the field. I was like, oh, shit, he's about to go bridge. Pop, Homer, Suarez, Homer, see ya, right? Let's go have a beer. Um, yeah, their offense is a liability, dude. They scored – I think they're ranked 20th in runs scored this year, like 4.1 runs per game. That's not – it's not good. But back to the it factor, they like scratch and claw their ways to win, like – they just you find them in close games every night because they number one because they don't score runs, but secondly, it's like their pitching keeps them in it, and then they just find a way to win. Um, one more X factor for Seattle: the atmosphere at T-Mobile Park. Oh, it's gonna be nice. Okay, this is insane, and I'm gonna use one of your tweets because I thought this was really good. What you had, mm. I'm gonna put this in perspective for you guys. So, 20 year postseason uh, drought for. For Seattle fans. Um, since 2015, you tweeted this out. I believe this was you. Since 2015, 30 out of 30 MLB teams, 26 of them have made it to the playoffs. That's six seasons. 26 of 30 teams have made it to the playoffs. The Mariners have it since 2001. That's really, really hard to do. <laughs> and two of those four teams are going to get in this year. So 
It's the Angels and who's the other one? Yeah. Wait, who? Tigers. Tigers. Yeah, they won't get in. Yeah, that's right. Pittsburgh. Yeah, because I think fifteen. Fifteen. The Pirates got in in fifteen. Right. Yeah. So that's just that's crazy to me. Like twenty years to not go to the postseason is crazy. So I've been at that place when King Felix and there's like King's Court and all that like going on, and that place is nuts. I cannot even start to imagine how this place is going to be for a playoff. It is going to be unreal. I've been in Seattle at T-Mobile Park for a Toronto-Seattle series. A lot of people don't realize the geographic location, how close Seattle is to Canada. Vancouver is like an hour and a half, two-hour drive away, like if that. Depends on how fast you go on the freeway. It's like half light blue, Toronto Blue Jays blue. The other half is that dark either dark blue slash that green that Seattle Mariners rep, right? Like it's, it's like half and half. Like teal. If the Blue Jays and Seattle match up in a playoff series and Seattle is able to own that home, get that home field advantage. 50 shades of blue, nuts. baby. Place would be absolutely nuts. Um, Gino Suarez, by the way, should be mentioned. The fractures, the right index finger. He's been an absolute rock over there at the hot corner for him. Um, broke the finger there. He's, hoping to take some swings this week so that that's a crucial did they do surgery or no 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 surgery that's that's good from what i understand if i'm wrong on that don't quote me but i don't think he had surgery how about the national league all right so i have three national i have uh braves mets dodgers so who do you want to start with let's go with atlanta atlanta (sighs) all right the next factor is matt freaking olsen he's got to figure it out He's hit the skids a bit, huh? Bro, skids big time. Yeah. Dude, all right. So he slumped, um, then he slumped, and he's still slumping. So we'll just look at the last month. So over his last, well, a little over that. His last 30 games, he's hitting 170. His last seven games, he's hitting 107. So it's, get, it's getting worse, which is not a good sign. Um, he just lost it to plate right now. Like he is taking. Like, heaters down the middle and then chasing. Like, he's just in between. Um, But the reason he's going to be key for me is because the Atlanta Braves have showed, even throughout this 30-40 game skid, they still believe in him because they haven't taken him out of the four-hole once. All right? So, if they're not going to move him out of the four-hole, that means he is going to continue to come up in big spots with ducks on the pond. going to play deep in October. This is a team that – has a really good chance, and I, in my opinion, to get back to the World Series. So, if you look at their lineup, Ronald Acuna seems to be, you know, barring a, a flare up of his knee again, is is back. Like he's playing good baseball. Dansby Swanson is one of the best shortstops in the game, having a phenomenal year. Austin Riley cooled off a bit, but he's still a stud. So those three guys, like someone's going to be on base for Matt Olson, and it's probably going to be a big spot in the game because it's the postseason. It doesn't matter if it's the fourth inning. If that's your chance to score, you got to cash in. So, um, that's my guy. I mean, I, I think uh, now's the time for him to figure it out. Like, do whatever you got to do because you got two weeks and it's go time. I went with Kenley Jansen. He has a 3.80 ERA in the second half. I love the Braves' bullpen. I love their lineup. I love their starting rotation. I don't completely trust that ninth inning. It concerns me just a little bit. We've seen Dave Roberts not exactly have utmost faith in Kenley Jansen in the playoffs in years prior. We've seen him have trust in Kenley early on in his career, but recently it's been a real coin flip. That concerns me. 
I thought the Braves picked up someone else in the back end of the bullpen. You're right. Um, they picked um, up uh, Jesse Chavez. No, I'm thinking of somebody else. Jake Odorizzi. Right, so Glacius. Yes. Yes. It's so bad. He hasn't been closing for him, though. Right, he's been more eighth inning, right? Mm. Seventh, eighth. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. I yeah, like that. He's been, he's been eighth inning. Going to go Dodgers or Mets next? Let's go with, yeah, let's go Dodgers here. Because I have a similar Dodgers? answer. Yeah. All right. Quality, quality starts. Obviously, their depth is hurt a little bit right now because Bueller, obviously, is second Tommy John. He's out. Uh, you don't know what you're going to get from Tony Gonsolin when he comes back. You don't even know if he's going to be in the – they haven't even committed to saying he's going to be in the rotation. So, and it's a forearm strain, so that's a little worrisome. You know, a lot of the times that ends up being Tommy John at some point if you push it too far. And if it's a forearm, he might not have his velo. He doesn't have that velo. His, his breaking stuff might not be as good. I just don't know what to expect. So Clayton Kershaw is probably going to be their game two starter, I would think. Julio Arias is going to be in the number one spot. Um, and then Tyler Anderson is probably going to, is going to be their number three. He's had a great year, but he's only started one playoff game in his entire career. He, I think he's pitched in two. One of them was out of the bullpen. He started another one. He's with Colorado. Mm. Um, Dustin May is there. Great arm, but he only has 26 innings under his belt because he's been rehabbing from Tommy John. They're not going to push him too far. And I think he's going to be, if you want to say X-factor out of the bullpen, I think he comes in like sixth, seventh inning in high leverage situations and faces a lineup once or, you know, just one time through or maybe an inning. And uh, that's a nasty 100-mile-per-hour sinker-slider combination that you don't want to see come out of the bullpen. So um, if Clayton Kershaw is able to give you six innings. I feel like it takes a lot of pressure off of a bullpen that yeah. Kimbrell's been shaky at best. Blake Trinan's been hurt. Gratterall's been hurt. Um I just don't understand how there's so many question marks around a team that might win 110 games. Uh because their offense is that good. They're gonna score runs like they're gonna be fine. But Clayton Kershaw pitching well in the postseason at two spot saves them. Yeah Kershaw's your X factor. I, I like the Dustin May point because yeah. mine was Craig Kimbrell, because I don't really trust him in the back end of that bullpen. His ERA on the season is now up to 4.05, has a handful of blown saves. Not awful, but he, he normally comes in with a three-run lead oftentimes. In he's a guy that lives and dies with Velo, and he's getting older, right? Yeah, right. And so I think Dustin May, do they put him in that closer role? Last year, they put Julio Arias, or excuse me, two years ago, 2020. It was Julio Arias who closed so, it out for them Doc for the Ross, final so out. Dave Roberts was my bench coach when I was in San Diego. He is very good at knowing who has the hot hand mm -hmm. and listening to his players, a good player. Now, he's analytically driven. He listens to the front office. I get that. I'm not going to say a puppet because he ain't a puppet at all. Like, he thinks for himself, but he understands the analytics, but he is a player's manager. He knows who's hot. He knows who's feeling it. And he that's why Arias got put in those situations because he felt good. He was throwing the best ball. And Dave and Doc just – he he trusts his guys. So if, if Dustin Mays that dude and he's feeling it, then he's gonna go with it. He'll, he'll trust him. So I'm I'm curious to see what happens because Kimberl feels like a flip of the coin right now. What do you, what about the Mets? I still believe they're the best team in the National League over the Dodgers, just because of that tandem and the starting rotation. Who's their X factor though? Call me chalk, but I Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. We haven't I mean I mean, they have a team full of guys who could be, who can and will be game changers for them, right? They have a ton of those guys, but 
let's talk about having the best pitcher on the planet as your game one starter. They haven't committed to game one or two for him, but I would think game one, because then wouldn't you want him in like a game five? I just feel like that would make sense to have the best pitcher in the universe pitch twice in a five-game series. Over Max? Yeah. Yeah. But let's say Max, Max, let's say they have a big lead in game two and Max only has to go like six innings and could come in relief in game if he needed to. I just, I would trust Max. Uh, so here's the thing too. When you look at the postseason, I don't want to mess with DeGrom because of his injury history. I don't want to mess with his routine. So like, I don't want to have to bring DeGrom out of the bullpen and then him get hurt. I mean, I have him for the rest of the, the playoffs. Max Scherzer, you can throw him in a blender and he'll be fine. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So like, I want to keep DeGrom on like a schedule. I don't want to be like, you know what? You know, you're not starting, but we're going to throw you out in the bullpen. Uh, in game five, uh, you're on two or three days rest, but that, I'd rather do that with Scherzer, in my opinion. But um, what was I saying? Oh, we haven't seen uh, DeGrom in the postseason since 2015. Best pitcher in the world. We have not seen him in six seasons in the postseason. Yeah, Trout's not. They went three and one with a two, that. three and one with a two eight ERA. I think at 29 strikeouts in 25 innings. In the postseason in 2015, they got beat five games uh, by the Royals that year. But um, it's like we've, we've seen Mike Trout once in the playoffs, right? We, we've seen DeGrom only once in the playoffs. Trout was 2014, I think, last time they made it, right? Yeah, 2014, yeah. they won the American yeah. League West. Yep, that's it. So it's time. Like I want to see the best players in the world under the brightest lights on the biggest stage. Mm-hmm. And DeGrom is one of those guys. So I'm just, I'm fired up. I think he like picks it up a notch too. Like we've seen him be nasty, but I, I just, I feel like he turns it on even more. Yeah. For me, X factor is difference maker. And I have so much faith in Edwin Diaz in the back end of that bullpen and those two starters. Dude, so give me Timmy trumpet in the postseason, inject it into my face, my face. Here's my only question mark with this team is the bridge. If Max or DeGrom go 100 pitches, 100-plus pitches through seven, they need an eighth-inning guy. A Seth Lugo. See, I, I ain't even worried about if they if they go seven innings. I'm, more, I'm worried about if they go five or six. Sure. So they need a bridge right. guy. And right now, I'm looking at the stats. So in the eighth inning this year, the New York Mets have accrued a 3.81 ERA in the eighth inning this year. That is 16th in baseball. So very mediocre, right? right. Seth Lugo has a 5.21 ERA in the seventh inning, a 2.84 ERA in the eighth inning. So he's better in the eighth for whatever reason. Seth Lugo, in my opinion, is that X factor for the Mets because he is the bridge from starter him in the seventh. to Diaz. I mean, so, learn, learn, look at the numbers. Like, don't throw him in the seventh inning. And Trevor May hasn't had the same stuff this year as he has had in years past. So that middle of the road for the bullpen. That's where I think the Braves had the advantage because their bullpen's so stacked. The Mets are better in the front and back, but that middle that they need they need that glue, right? The Brave the Braves have the between the starters and the bullpen, they have the best pitching in all of baseball, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah. I, I I think they have a better staff than both the Dodgers and the Mets. Did you have an X Factor for the Padres by chance? I'm just curious. AJ Preller. It's a little late for that. <laughs> I know. Um, no, not really. Juan Soto. The Padres are five and two when he has an extra base hit. I was gonna say, like, why not Juan Soto? Because he hasn't done shit since he went over there. But, but just let me say that one more time. 
They're five and two when he has an extra base hit. That means he's only had seven games with an extra base hit since they acquired him. Man, like I, I want to see what this team is when Soto's great. When Isn't Soto's it weird? Soto. Like, what's going on? I've tried. So I've been on a couple of different radio shows. They asked me the same question. I tried and look at his numbers. The only thing that I can come up with with Soto's struggles is he's not hitting off-speed pitches this year. Against the fastball and cutter, his average against the cutter is over 300. Against the fastball, it's up over 280. Against the changeup, it's near the Mendoza line. Against the curveball, he's hitting 160. Against the slider, he's hitting around the Mendoza line. It's like 206. So he's not hitting off-speed pitches. In years past, it's not like he's been this fantastic off-speed hitter, but he's hit 250, 260 against the breaking ball. He's earned himself, himself more fastballs. This year, he's not hitting the off-speed pitch whatsoever. I think all the talk contract stuff's really kind of got to him a little bit. Maybe. I mean, he's human, believe it or mm-hmm. not. It's like, dang, I got to ball out because I want to, you know, sign this massive, you know, I don't know. Do you think San Diego keeps him? No. No. You don't think they can afford him? Or you don't think they will choose to? The lot to give up. Well, he's still got like what two more years? He has two more years. I'm just, but even so, I mean, they AJ, gave up Abrams, Hassel. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't thought about that yet, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I did, haven't put enough This was not on our our list here, but I want to toss this in here as we come up on the buzzer here. What do you think of the new rules for 2023? The enlarged bases, the pitch clock. Uh, there was one more. The shift. Shift, thank you. Elimination of the shift. Any 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 uh just quick thoughts on the new quick rules? Thoughts, uh bases, everyone's up in arms about it, but like you're gonna forget about it. So uh the distance uh, what was it between the only distance that shortened was like between second base, like from first to home to first and home to third, the front of the base is still 90 feet so they just push the like the hole where the bag goes in there's back a couple inches so it's not like you're getting to first base faster uh but second base is like a couple inches closer so it's mm-hmm. supposed to promote base stealing and this and that whatever i i don't i don't think it's going to be that big of a difference i think there is a safety aspect to it which they've pushed um this is going to be something that's like forgotten. We're going to be like, oh yeah, remember when there were smaller bases? Like it, they're going to play a week in the spring training, and people are just going to forget about it. Like it's not going to be important. So if you're looking at the safety side of it, I played first base and been stepped on a few times. Like it sucks. Like you see guys like Jason Kendall and guys like, you know, bad injuries happen at first base. So you got Manny Machado like trying to stomp on people and shit. So <laughs> I had to take a shot at the Padres. Sorry, he did. Anyways. The change um, man. He was a Dodger when he did that. So he's a changed man. Yeah, he, he really is, but that's for another time. Um, I'm thinking. Uh the shift, I I consider myself a baseball purist, but I'm coming around to this. Um, I'm fine with it. I think it's gonna hard hits are gonna be rewarded. I think we're gonna have more web gems because guys are gonna be playing playing more of a natural position instead of analytics telling you he's going to hit it right here on this pitch and right here on this pitch. And you're just standing there waiting for the ball to come to you. That's boring. I want to see guys diving, jump throws, cool double plays, more baseball plays. Do you, you think know? viewership goes up? Um, I think it stays the same. Yeah. 
I think I think if we're talking viewership, I think the pitch clock could help that a little bit. Uh, because pace of play. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw it in triple A games were averaging like 220, 230. 237. Um, yeah. Yeah, 237. Um, but that means your quicker games are like 215, right? Like with, we had some of those in the big leagues this year. I had some games when I was with the Sox that were like 220 something, 218, a couple of them, like really quick games because the offense sucked. But um yeah, I think it's there's going to be an adjustment for the older generation of pitchers. The younger guys, a lot of these guys have already dealt with it a little bit. Um, and the older you get, the slower you work most of the time. Most of the time. Unless you're Rich Hill. Uh, you're 42 and you, you're throwing a ball every 15 seconds. Like, But um, it's going to be harder for the older guys to adjust. But I think overall, um, and I don't say this much because I, I, there's a lot of people at the league office I don't like <laughs> and how they've done some things over the years. Um, But there's a lot of people there actually have done a lot of good things for the game. And I think baseball is one of the last games to change, to be proactive and changing. They change a lot for the fans to, to, you know, mold it to how the fans want. But this is, this is big, like a pitch clock in the big leagues saying you cannot shift. Like those are really big rule changes. And I think um, hats off to the league for doing what they think is best for growing the game. Playoff push pushes on. So will we, the Wake and Rake podcast, powered by Swing Tooth. We will not be having an episode before the playoffs breaking down how you beat Max Scherzer because clearly Middlebrooks has no clue how. Oh my to God, beat dude. Flip a coin and whatever it lands on, guess the opposite. Till next time, party people. Swingtooth.com, official merchandise provider for the Wake and Rake podcast. Peace out.